Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome to our our show, our podcast. Our we're on the on the cusp of spring, and today we're going to be talking about a a new book uh, written by yours truly uh, about voting and the LGBT community. We don't do enough, and um, and it's really important. So I am going to be uh, discussing this new book with Dr. Ray Working. Um, Greetings, Ray. Good afternoon, David. The sun is shining. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, um, there seems to be a corona around the sun. I think that's a tweet. Um, Oh, yeah. Anyway, Dr. Ray, as uh, the world now knows, because, Ray, we're picking up new countries right and left, Australia. Uh, we, we have a, a growing number of listeners there in uh, um, Iraq. Um, they love us there. We could be like international peace brokers, you know, for the for the following we have and the and, and the, the healing message of sanity that we send out there, which I actually I do want to talk about that in a second. But uh, uh, Ray, you are the longtime host of um, an executive producer of Homo Radio, which is Sunday morning, ten to two Eastern Daylight Time. We go to that tonight. Isn't that exciting? And. Um, uh, so 91.5 on your um, local uh, terrestrial bound existence FM dial and uh, um, WRPI.org is the home site of uh, WRPI of RPI University and Ray platform after platform after platform which is the platform of the week that you 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 wish to uh, emphasize it's hard to narrow it down A- apple tv itunes channel 2 across campus um we are literally on every um app extent at this point i'm told so um that's a good wow. thing that's a good thing and i want to remind people that uh uh, our podcast, this very own podcast, A Thousand Moms Talk, is is on um, uh, what used to be iTunes is now um, Apple Podcasts, so you can find us there, and um, everything is lovely, except it isn't. 
no. it seemed to be a, a week a week ago we were in another world talking about um Mayor Pete and uh bing bang boom everybody's out Pete Pete is out although I I think and hope he has a he has a role uh, but it suddenly it's Biden versus Bernie and um I think uh I really think Biden is gonna take it um because well, a whole bunch of reasons. But as I mentioned earlier, that there is such bitterness. Uh I can't listen to the media anymore. I can't listen to MSNBC. I can't listen to CNN. Uh I can't there, there's there's stuff on the internet that I, I it's just so Brutal. Um, uh, the Sanders people are—they're <laughs> really getting desperate, and um, uh, they're calling Biden senile and uh, uh, anti-veteran. And I—I—I um, just—I don't have much use for the Sanders people. And go ahead, write me. Um, but um, Ray, what do you think of the? Developments in the last week and and all of that. The, it's I, hard to process yeah. everybody. I mean, I've had so many emotions. I I literally was in tears Sunday night when Mayor Pete um, dropped out, and uh, he, we talked about a multiplicity of emotions that we shared. I, I realize now that it was actually a courageous move, probably the only one he could have taken. Um, I'm glad to see where Biden is. Uh, I. I'm. I have my problem with Bernie. Bernie Bros at this point just grows hourly. I just read one, and I won't identify who it was, but it was somebody of significance in the local LGBTQ plus community. Um, they they basically are saying, if I had to live with uh, with Trump for another four years, that's what I'll have to do. But I'm not abandoning my, abandoning my principles. Well, I was raised as a pragmatist. And I'm not willing to say that. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just not yeah. going to happen. Well, what I, you know, it was a hard uh, week for me um, because I, I was uh, really supportive of uh, Mayor Pete. And it just all happened so suddenly. I mean, it was a week ago that Biden won South Carolina by a lot. And, um, the uh, the phone calls were made. Uh, by that, I believe uh, Obama was calling um, candidates, calling Buttigieg, calling Klobuchar, and um, uh, the the best explanation I heard was that uh, uh, either by either Obama said it or his top political person, if he, I'm sure he has one. Um, said, listen um, to like O'Rourke, to Beto O'Rourke and Klobuchar and Mayor Pete. Well, you have power right now. You have capital. Um, if you don't use it after Tuesday, you won't have it because either Bernie will uh, win and uh, uh, it'll be a mess or Biden will win and he won't need you. 
So he needs you now. And um, they, you know, it was tough to uh, to hate, but they, um, hey, I have no problem with somebody who can, who can beat Trump. And I think um, Biden brings is a familiarity and a connection to Obama. And um, that's about as simple as it gets. And, and I think we need simple now. From impeachment, from the Mueller report, from the madness of Trump, the ongoing daily madness. I just want to vacation for a month. I don't want to read about it. Just just go win the damn election, you know? Um, I don't know how you, what are you feeling about Well, a couple Biden. of observations. One, I think the, uh, you know, it was an op-ed in the LA Times three days ago about um, once the candidate is in place, and I think it's probably going to be Joe Biden, um, Barack Obama is going to unleash the hounds of hell and he's going to get in this up to his ears. And that is Trump's worst nightmare because he can't uh, stand up to that. And I, I really think he can put the final nail in the coffin for this. I, I, I believe that. There's a part of me still, as you echoes back to the aforementioned comment, that just when we think we have a formula that's going to take the monster down, it crashes and burns. So I have to pray that this time... That doesn't happen. The other thing you also said very eloquently, people, and this is very basic, so basic that I think it's true. People, the average person, and maybe even more, has really had it with waking up. My cardiothoracic surgeon says it with great passion. I just am so sick of waking up every day for three year plus years and wondering what has he done now and how is it going to affect me. I think people really want to to get back to some degree of sanity in their lives and not have it dominated by, you know, what, what, uh, and it's always another turn. Now the coronavirus, how, how badly are they going to mess this up? How much peril are they going to put us in? It, it's always, it, <laughs> having taught English for a million years, I tell you, this, you know, about willing suspension and disbelief, I'm sure, you know, you can only come up with a story that people will accept. Well, if you can tell anybody that my parents, who have been gone for for decades now, could come back, and you'd have to put them through a decompression chamber if they were going to re-enter the world, because nobody would believe yeah. this narrative. It's just bizarre, surreal. Yeah. Well, I had a, a panic attack early in the week because I I heard that the Supreme Court is, uh, and and again, this is. Uh, put out by the media, which is just really falling to pieces. I mean, not just with their opinions and with the Chris Matthews of the world, who are now gone, thank God, but they they, they, they just, they don't do a very good job of informing because uh, over Obamacare, which I, I use and uh, is a lifesaver and uh, just somebody, without giving details, just said, well, the Supreme Court is going to hear a challenge to Obamacare. And, you know, my heart nearly stopped for a second. Like, what? They're doing it again? I can't. 
I, 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 you know, and then I think, well, maybe New York will come in. And, and I thought this was going to happen immediately, this court uh, case. It's not. It's not going to happen. They're not even going to hear the case until uh, November, and they won't decide it until next spring. Uh, so it's not an imminent thing, um, but that's more um, fodder for the fight, I guess. You know, that uh, I think Obamacare has become increasingly popular and uh, people are just going to have to take a stand. Like, And I think Biden is, is, is the, the, the perfect front man for this because he stood there with Obama and helped get it through and was there at the signing ceremony. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I just wish there is a a revision to what Mar- Marshall McLuhan said, the medium is the message. Um, uh, there has to be something, and the media can destroy the message. Um, so I, 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 I calm down in a way, and, and but, um, you know, the stakes this fall are going to be so crucial that... Um, you know, uh, this, I mean, healthcare will be on the line. The, the madness of Trump, which I, I mean, I just, I can't believe is going to give him a second term. I just can't believe that that many people will be so deluded to, um, I know there are a lot of them out there. I know it. I've seen them. I meet them. Um, but really, <laughs> after this, um, as he said, people are just exhausted, overwhelmed, and then they may not even know why. Uh, I think Pete is going to play a major role. I think he already has. He's 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 gotten the suburban voters out, awake, aware, and. Um, I understand on Monday he's going to be on TV uh, several places, the Today Show and some other place. And he's got some announcement, which leads me to believe he's going to be doing something big in the campaign for Biden. Um, And uh, I think the timing is curious because uh, Tuesday is another mini, uh, it's a mini Super Tuesday or my friend Mike calls it Crazy Tuesday. Um, they, they, <laughs> um, I really think Bernie's going to go down, and this going to have to be it. They've declared war on the progressives. They call themselves progressives, but they're they're really childish and they're they're apoplectic, as they thought it was in the bag for Bernie, and <laughs> suddenly it isn't, and. Um, and um, so that's that. But we'll see what Pete comes up with and what he um, is uh, going to do. And, uh, you know, I, I it's certainly, I, I don't want to say, well, he'll certainly be president again or someday. Someday is too far away. You know? But um, listen, this fall, if Biden gets up and makes a victory speech, I will feel 
completely redeemed and um but um we have to make it happen. So Ray, what I wanted to talk about today is a new book that I have uh uh submitted to Amazon, will be published in a couple of days and it examines um you know, I've never understood why people don't consider the Supreme Court when they do or don't vote. Um, because especially for a minority like our community, the LGBT community, I mean, we're captive to, to some of their decisions. And, and I wanted to just kind of go over the big important cases that have really defined or stripped away uh, our rights, sometimes both, <laughs> within a decade or two, and um, boggles my mind that this is not a consideration for people, um, because it's not a hard concept, I don't think, but nobody ever talks about, you know, when you vote, you're voting for the person who's going to pick the Supreme Court, and what do you, how are you going to complain when like Trump packs it with, with his radical conservatives as he has done to the best of his ability so far and will do more if he gets back in. Ray, why do you do you agree people don't pay enough attention to this what it means? Well, I, I do. I'm, I'm thrown back to a comment that was made by one of the co-host on homo radio when i was saying uh marriage equality could go in a heartbeat and i was taken on full frontal it's the law of the land quote unquote these things don't happen now i what i wanted to say but i'm too polite to say it on air was uh (laughs) you have no concept of the power of the supreme court uh whether it's roe v wade uh or marriage equality or a dozen other key issues, they can all vanish in a heartbeat. And anybody who doesn't get that didn't take American history and listen very well. Yeah. Well, I, um, well, as Mayor Pete often says, it, his marriage exists by the grace of one vote in a Supreme Court ruling. And um, that could easily go, they could easily reverse it. Easily. Uh, they, they you know, I think I when when they decided Bush versus Gore, I just said, "Well, that was dangerous. That that just shocked me that that a, the Supreme Court would intervene in the way and decide an election." I that uh, that night that uh, anything's with that court. Uh, in the hands of the the wingers and um it was um so anyway i want to go down uh, just a, i've listed about eight cases that uh really shaped our our lives and um and i want to read spend a little time on one more than another but um the first case I, I cover is uh, uh, Griswold versus Connecticut, 
1965, which was considered a precursor to Roe v. Wade. And basically, the court argued in in uh, in a positive way uh, um, that a person has a right privacy, even though it's not directly mentioned in the Constitution. And in the Constitution, and this was a uh, uh, I've always thought that rulings on uh, women and other minorities uh, really affect us as well or give signs how we're going to be treated. Um, and then this second case was uh, um, surprising me. I never heard of it, but in 1958, it's called One Inc. Uh, versus Olson. And that was a, ma- One Inc. was a magazine, or One was a magazine founded by the Mattachine Society. And the police in Los Angeles, where it was published, uh, seized an entire printed issue of the magazine claiming it violated obscenity laws. And surprisingly, in 1958, the court said no, that just because material was directed at a gay audience, it was not inherently obscene. But uh, here we go to number three, and this is the one that I'm sure, uh, Ray, you remember and it was painful one. In 1986, Bowers versus Frederick, um, and I just want to read a little bit from the uh, the case that I, or the write-up that I have, and then we'll discuss it. It was 1986, and I remember that <laughs> I, was, I was newly out, you could say, and um, it was... Uh, this is, the court always sends its big opinions out at the end of June, and it was hot as hell, I remember. And Ronald Reagan was in town in New York. Uh, to There was a, a Statue of Liberty celebration. I think they had uh, re, re, refurbished the, the, the statue, and Reagan was in town to celebrate it, and Nancy was with him, and we organized a march all the way down Manhattan, and it was exhausting. It was hot as hell, and and the the, the court decision was just um, hideous. Um, um, and I remember just being beside myself. Of it, the the um, the decision said that it was permissible for states to criminalize Hardwick's behavior. Hardwick was caught uh, having oral sex with another man. And um, uh, the court said that uh, to claim that such a right was deeply rooted in the nation's (laughs) history was facetious. Uh, Lawyers who specialize in gay legal rights say that the court went out of its way to target gay people. And the court, one lawyer said, turned a law that was not specific to gender into a prohibit prohibition, particularly meant at gay people. The hard work ruling, ruling labeled LGBT people as criminal in every sense. And that about captures how angry I was. And just to finish this 
we were marching and it was on the 4th of July and it was crazy times. I mean, it was exhausting. It was discouraging um, and uh, hot. And I, the march ended outside the offices of uh, Rupert Murdoch's um, New York Post and the the staff of the Post uh, were giving us the finger uh, and I was I I was naive, Ray. I was very naive. I said, that's a newspaper. They can't be doing that. <laughs> but it was the end of the march, and, and it was just a fitting end to the day. And I, 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 I just, um, I don't know. It was really tough. And those are tough times. That was the age of AIDS. Uh, we, we, we were... People dying right and left, and um, uh, and then to come out with this decision. People said it, it. The Supreme Court got infected by the the, the reading the newspapers and uh, and uh, adopting the hate that was uh, in society. Um, any thoughts, Ray? That's we had any... a very uh, telling segment on one magazine uh, t- piggybacks on what you're saying. And it, it was amazing uh, the way people were persecuted for trying to get that magazine. Uh, I mean, they'd have to run into the news store. It would have to be strategically dis- displayed. Uh, it, it's, it tells what it was like circa 1950 or 51 when it came out. Um, really uh, shocking. And the, today's kids don't understand, and don't, they like to hear about, you know, what it was like. You you couldn't you couldn't purchase that magazine without fear, and you had to strategically pick where you, um, you know, where you would buy it. It's and it was such an innocuous cover. They had to be so, and yet the Muscle magazines, the editor was telling us, were right there in all their glory. They were okay with the uh, glossy yeah. covers on the front, but. They picked on one magazine, and they hated it. Well, um, fast forward, as you say, Ray, um, 17 years, and and the court does a, a complete about-face on the, the Bowers ruling. Um, uh, where is it that it, you know, uh, turned its full fury against the gay community in 1986? In 2003, in Lawrence v. Texas, 17 years after the devastating Bowers ruling, the court eliminated sodomy laws in uh, Lawrence v. Texas, overruling the Bowers case in its entirety. Um, and Justice Kennedy, who uh, was, gen- was mostly a, a right-wing conservative, uh, was... Uh, strangely and fortunately, uh, pro-gay justice. And in his opinion, his majority opinion, he said that the due process clause of the 14th Amendment gave the petitioners the full right to engage in private contact, conduct without government intervention. Um, and, and he said that uh, the Texas statute furthers no legitimate state interest which can be, which can justify its intrusion into the individual's personal and private life. So, um, 
a big, big change, and and you know, it's um, uh, I don't think we grasp. I didn't, you know, really grasp how important this was uh, because uh, these rulings come so fast, and it it really takes years to well, it can take years to understand them and their their meaning and. Um, uh, usually they're very, very contentious, and um, so, so you know, it's. I bring bring these two cases up because, look, in 17 years, the court reversed itself, and who's to say it can't reverse itself on things like uh, United States versus Windsor and Obergefell versus Hodges. The two big cases uh, in the past seven years that uh, you know we celebrate today, touched on by both cases, yeah. um, is now the law of the land, and there's no guarantee it's going to stay that way. I mean, I mean. Um, Remember back in 2008 when Obama was elected and uh, that very night, California, which had approved uh, same-sex marriage, uh, uh, ran a referendum and they, they called it back <laughs> and, and left in limbo, I think it was about 12,000 couples who had married. They didn't have to unmarry, but, they, but nobody else kept married. <laughs> and it was just a hideous situation. I, a friend of mine was, he and his, his husband were a, uh, were one of those 12,000. And uh, it, uh, you know, I forget now how that settled out. I, I, I imagine it was because of uh, the marriage equality case that, that settled it for once and for all, at least temporarily. But you know the Supreme Court, you got to watch it like a hawk. And um, you know if you're in our, in the LGBT community, or if you're an ally, friend, parent, um, uh, you gotta at least give an eye to this. Doesn't have to be a legal scholar, but um, you know the uh, the right is not on our side. With these things, and um, I, um, I, I, I really hope that we can get the word around with this book. That um, you know, listen, <laughs> in your interest, one to vote, and two to vote for. Well, you can vote for anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody to vote, how to vote, but these are the cases that that affect our lives, and they are not written in stone. I disagree with your comrades. Um, um, not surprisingly. Yeah. We, we've had many cases. I mean, uh, I, and I do put these in the book, uh, cases like Plessy versus Ferguson, which, uh, which you know, 1896 was, uh, it cemented the idea of uh, separate but equal for the uh, for black Americans and um, another 60 years, but 
it was undone by Brown versus Board of Education. That was positive. But, um, you know, in the age of Trump, man, anything can happen. And, and I mean anything. So um, any thoughts on those? These are basic history. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed going back into my high school and college history for some of these cases, which um, um, Ray, if I, I have one more case I, I just want to mention briefly, and it it, um, it shows you how, uh, and this hasn't been discussed, how what Trump did with the immigrants, with the, the, the immigrant ban, and and the detentions and the um, wound up in court, but uh, here's here's the the gist of it. In 1944, um, uh, a year or two after Franklin Roosevelt had uh, 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 reloc had opened up internment camps for Japanese American citizens, um, this. Uh, the case Korematsu versus the United States uh, uh, supported what Roosevelt did, and um, and here's the, I love this language from the dissent by uh, Justice Jackson. He said uh, Korematsu was born on our soil of parents born in Japan. The Constitution makes him a citizen of the United States by nativity and a citizen of California by residence. No claim is made that he is not loyal to this country. There is no suggestion from the matter resolved here. He is not a law-abiding, he is not law-abiding and well-disposed. Korematsu, however, has been convicted of an act not commonly a crime. It consists of merely being present in the state whereof he is a citizen, near the place where he was born, and where all his life he has lived. And just to tie this up, in Trump versus Hawaii, 2018, the Supreme Court explicitly repudiated and finally overturned the Korematsu decision, citing it as gravely wrong the day it was decided and overruled in the court of history. So, um, you know, Mr. Trump... uh, stepped in it, and um, uh, I'm sure he's not a fan of history, but, uh, you know, these things are, you know, we took to the streets to protest what Trump did to immigrants and um, putting children in cages, and and, um, uh, and there's a a history to that, and and I, I just, I don't know where, you're the educator, how do you... How do you, does this stuff seem overwhelmingly complicated? Um, I, I, I don't think so, but I, I'm just concerned that people will feel overwhelmed by this. And they don't need to know a lot of this, but just that, um, you know, it's... Uh, well, the fact that they'll accept any of it and at the threshold... Is so uh, is never reached where people will finally say this is inhuman. Um, 
unacceptable and can no longer be tolerated. It says Nazi Germany all over again. And people get all hyper when you mention that, which I think confirms the point that it it is incredibly parallel to that in a different era. It, to me, it really it truly is. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I know we have a lot of low information voters in this country and that just ain't going to do anymore, especially this year. I mean, uh, I'm not telling people, you know, listen, I wrote this book in the King's English in, in uh, 30 pages. You could, you could flip through it. You don't even have to read it. Just flip through it in five minutes, 10 minutes and give it to a friend or give it to somebody who you think should benefit from it um, and uh, get a little history. I also put in the book some, you know, uh, I, I counter the most common arguments why people don't want to vote. Um, they think they're going to get jury duty is number one on the list. Um, or, you know, oh, well, my vote doesn't matter. The government's run by the, the rich and the powerful. Only if you let them. And um, my vote doesn't count. Well, uh, I explain why it does. And, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi was fond of saying in the impeachment uh, proceedings and the lead up to it that, you know, this is a unique government. It's a, it's a republic and it, it's, a re, it's a democratic republic, which is maybe a little hard to understand, but it depends on its citizens. It depends on voting because that's where the power comes from. We're not England where the power comes from the queen. Um, we're not a, a banana republic where the power comes from the dictator. In this country, at least under the Constitution, while it lives barely on life support, the power comes from the people. And um, it's it's I, I don't know, Ray. We we need to bring back teachings or something, something like that. <laughs> sure do. I, I I mean, listen. Look at what happened when people basically, as Mayor Pete said, voted to burn the house down. They just they didn't care, um, and and. I still think there are books to be written about how this country went from voting for Obama for two terms and then turned around and brought in Trump. I mean, that is the puzzle of the ages. And it's also playing out now that I think that's a reason people want a restoration of Obama and the closest they can get is, is Biden. And uh, I think that's uh, played out in, in what happened in South Carolina, what happened on Super Tuesday. I mean, African-Americans uh, brought him to life. They resuscitated him. And uh, thank God for for that. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't want to drag out fights. But, um, you know, uh, it's really amazing how this went down. And and, and um, I think Biden's going to sail to 
victory. I, I really do. And I'm neither, you know, a, a fan or a, or against him. He certainly has plenty of flaws. But uh, hey, if he's a Democrat and and uh, coherent, <laughs> some people say he's not. But uh, he generally means well, and um, um, so we'll see what happens. If the, the burners, or as your friend Joe Lauks calls them, the Sandernistas, are, uh, <laughs> are angrier than a hornet's nest and um, nasty, nasty, doing, saying nasty things. And, uh, um, but I think they... Uh, they, the angrier they get, the more they turn people away because we've had four years of anger and nasty. And, uh, as you said, people just want to um, enough. They've had enough. So, um, and I did want to tell people my, how to get. Yeah, go ahead. Man. And one of, one of my my older niece, who I took such a part in raising, uh, Cassie, I mentioned many times, well, in her stint at the White House as a, an intern, she has given me so much insight into how he, she was a mentee of of, um, of Joe Biden's. And I, I know it may sound trite or whatever, but uh, this is a wonderful man who has survived. And a lot of these confusion things are the result of his... Um, a stuttering problem, which if anyone's ever, uh, you know, taken the time to to understand, is not an indication of lack of intelligence by any means. It's just simply a, a disability that has to be overcome. And um, I'll say it flat out, he's a fine man who's done very well, and I'd be proud to work for him. Yeah, and, and that is a brain disease, uh, stuttering is one of the... Um, Issues that I learned about at the, when I worked at the Dana Foundation, and uh, so, um, and I didn't know really that Biden had this, and it was not talked about until recently. Um, and uh, more credit to him um, for. I mean, he could have brought it up, but um, he didn't, and uh, gotta respect him for that. I. I but he doesn't shy away from it. He did talk about it in the debate. And um, so here's to better times and uh, <laughs> we sure need them. Um, and so we're ready to close up shop here, Ray. I want to tell people to uh, uh, get our new book, which is um, uh, uh, Voter Answer Book Number 4. The Supreme Court Decides LGBTQ Rights. And that is available uh, if you search out my name on, on Amazon.com. And um, we can, uh, we'll have it up on our website soon. But it's officially not published, but it will be by in the next few days. So, Ray, thank you very much. For You're your, welcome. Uh, kindness and patience and uh, um, I hope folks will uh, join in and uh, buy the book and vote and vote and vote. 
like as many times as you can with it. Used to say in Chicago. But thanks everybody up. for this. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye, Ray. Bye, Dave.